This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Bow chicka bow Okay, I don't even know what that was, but it's me. I'm back. Okay, clearly things are going to get weird this episode. Honestly, I was talking with this girl, this lovely girl, who slid into my DMs on Instagram, and she was like, Erin, it's time for you to step up and share your story. And I was like, what are you talking about? I have been sharing bits and pieces of my story for five years, and I feel like I talk about myself in every episode. And she reminded me that there might be some new people who are tuning in who haven't been here for the last five years of this wild ride that is Raw Beauty Talks, now Raw Beauty Co. And so I decided to step up to the plate and that I would share a little bit of my story. So I started, I opened up a Google Doc, I started writing out some, you know, highlights and some pivotal moments from my life. And then very quickly realized that this was going to turn into 10 seasons of Kardashian smashed into one 30-minute episode and that it was just going to be way too much. So I've really taken a step back and decided that we'll just dive into the chapter I call Erin Has an Eating Disorder, which was a really fun chapter in my life, said with sarcasm. No, anyways, I am going to talk a little bit about my journey and my personal experience with an eating disorder followed by disordered eating and kind of not a great relationship with exercise and my body and how I was able to move through that with the help of five tools that I'm going to talk about and how I got to the place that I am right now, which is sitting in a booth with a glass of wine, a glass of water and David's tea, which to me forecasts that I'm going to have to probably go to the bathroom uh, in about five minutes. No, but seriously, I'm in uh, place right now where I just almost, I'm pinching myself every day. And this sounds so cheesy, but I'm feeling incredibly, incredibly grateful. 2018 was a bit of a nah, nah year for me. I got hit with some postpartum anxiety that I really was not ready for and came on really fast and strong. And so now a year later, sitting here with this incredible community and women like you that I get to talk to every day for my job is just, I don't know, it's unreal. It's unreal. And so I'll do what's uncomfortable and I'll talk for like half an hour to tell you a little bit more about me. But before I start, please push pause, go put some sweatpants on, take off your bra, pour a glass of wine, put your hair up in a scrunchie guys, I'm like living for scrunchies these days. I My hair was in really bad condition after having Brooklyn. It sounds like I just have the worst pregnancies, but I actually don't. It's just I got postpartum anxiety 
and my hair started to split. Other than that, it was all fine. Anyways, I've been using these amazing little coil elastics and scrunchies and something called Sugar Bear Hair. This is not an ad for Sugar Bear Hair, but those three things have been saving my life. So anyways, let's get back to business. Get your wine, get your tea, get your elastic waistband pants on, and get comfortable. I'm going to paint the scene. We're sitting in my living room. The fireplace is on, even though it's the middle of summer, because why not? We have these big, gorgeous windows that are almost floor to ceiling, and the ceilings are like 30 feet high. And when you look out, it's just forest. And you're sitting on our tan leather couch with a blanket over you. And I'm just going to pour you a big glass of red wine, and we're going to get into it. Because I really prefer having conversations with somebody else versus just myself. I would love it if you could, you know, send me a little DM or screenshot this episode, share it on Instagram, let me know what you think, or pop on over to the reviews and write a little review for us. It means the world. We're a small little podcast. It's just me and Ayla who is doing all of our marketing and social media. So, you know, we really, really appreciate it. Okay, that's enough of a plug. Oh, yeah, one more embarrassing thing. Our partner, Sage, who are phenomenal. I'm obsessed with this company. You guys, they're just the best. And they wanted to pull a Sage moment from every episode, their favorite part from each episode, to share at the beginning so that you don't have to wait until like 30 minutes in to get it. So here's my Sage moment. It's kind of embarrassing that I'm introducing myself, but thank you, Sage, for sharing this special moment. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, Country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B A B B E L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. 
friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code rawbeautytalks at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code rawbeautytalks. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. Nothing in your life is finite. You can create and become anything that you want in your life. Is it going to take work? Yes. (laughs) Are you going to need some help along the way? I definitely did, but it absolutely can be done. And I can sit here today with the biggest smile on my face knowing that it's possible. And I think that knowing is what gives me the passion to do this work. It's what has me so fired up about it. I do not want a single woman out there to be living in that state that I was before. Okay, well, that was nice. Thank you, Sage Wellness. Sage is known for their 100% natural essential oil products. I'm obsessed with their peppermint halo roll-on. I also use their diffusers, their sleep mask, which is, I think it's only like $14.99. You can find all of this amazing stuff over at www.sage.com. Okay, I'm stalling. This is what's happening. I'm stalling. I don't want to talk about this stuff, but I'm going to share my story because it is important. And I think the most important thing is that while I was going through it, I learned some really, really powerful tools that helped me move from a place where I was deeply dissatisfied with my body, where I really felt like I could never get comfortable in it. I just could not sit still. I was constantly counting calories, obsessing over food. I used exercise as a form of punishment for what I had eaten to a place where I am right now, where I can absolutely sit still in my body, where I can enjoy an episode of The Kardashians without having to do something else. I thought it would be impossible to forget the calories in food, but I really truly don't know what's in a lot of the food that I eat. I don't track that anymore. I'm in a space where I eat intuitively now, and that means primarily eating when I'm hungry and full, but also having the cake at a birthday party or eating popcorn when I go to the movie theater. It doesn't feel restrictive. And I exercise in ways that feel good for my body. And because I love it and appreciate it and want to take care of it. And now I'm sitting here in this booth surrounded by all my drinks, but I have the most amazing relationship with food and my body and I feel like my relationship with myself is reflected out into the relationships that surround me. My incredible husband, Scott, who is definitely at home right now reading our kids' uh, story, my two amazing kids, my relationship with my parents and my sisters and this tight-knit group of friends that we have that extends out into this insane, vibrant community that we have through Raw Beauty Talks and through all of you. And as I said before, like my favorite thing is getting DMs from you and getting to hear about your lives and your experiences. It just lights me up. So let's go back to 15-year-old Aaron. I was uh, 15. 
I was 5'11 and a string bean. I had no boobs, no hips, nothing. I went through puberty, poof, all of a sudden, like full C-cup boobs. I gained some weight, probably like 30 or 40 pounds, which really wasn't that much because I was 5'11. So it's not like I became this incredibly curvy woman, but I was uncomfortable in my body all of a sudden. Things changed and I think I just started to focus on my body a little bit. I was also a people pleaser and a perfectionist who strived really hard at everything that I did. And I was doing a lot of things. I was dancing five or six days a week. I was playing whatever school sport was in season. I was driven in school to get you know the best marks that I could get. And I think I started, looking back, to feel a lot of anxiety and to feel like things were a bit out of control. And so I started to try and control the one thing that I felt that I could, and that was food and the size of my body. I was also, I think, looking for happiness and joy and acceptance and and all those things that we look for in our teenage years. And, you know, I went out to buy them from the place that was selling them in the most accessible way. And that was media. Media was selling love and success and happiness. And it was all packaged up in this perfect body that was also 5'11", but probably 20 pounds lighter than I was and with slightly different hips. And so I started focusing on you know, losing that little bit of extra weight so that my body would match that body in magazines that I didn't realize at the time was highly photoshopped and that was so curated and that wasn't actually a reflection of these models' lives. It started out you know, quite innocently, really, to just eat healthier and to notice what I was putting in my body. So I started to really cut out fats. I don't know if you remember this, but in the 90s, early 2000s, fats were the devil. Everyone was heavy on the carbs. So I cut out fats and I cut out red meat and I started to cut, cut, cut and make food lists that were either good or bad. And slowly, I started to notice how many calories I was eating, and how much sugar was in the food I was eating. And the more I focused on that, the more obsessed I became with the number of calories I was consuming and the number of calories I was burning in the exercise that I was doing. I started to research the amount of food that celebrities were eating, that athletes were eating. I would find people who had a body that I wanted to emulate, and I would dig as deep as I could to find out what they were eating and how they were exercising. Again, I didn't realize at the time that the information I was receiving from magazines at the time, like Shape and Self, YM17, and the articles I was reading online were just showcasing a very small portion of someone's life. And even in those articles, it's not exactly how people eat all of the time. But I was taking it verbatim and I think, honestly, within a matter of a couple of months, I went from being a normal weight, a healthy weight, to losing 30 or 40 pounds. It all happened very quickly. Like Before my parents even had a chance to fully grasp what was happening, I had slipped into a place where my mind was starving, where my brain literally didn't have the fats and proteins and sugars needed to be able to think properly. And that's when it slipped from disordered eating into an eating disorder. I remember looking in the mirror and thinking, Erin, you're too skinny. You need to stop this. You reached that weight that you wanted to hit. And 
I couldn't shut that little voice up in my mind that was counting calories. I couldn't stop it from controlling my day. I started to experience a lot of physical symptoms that are common with an eating disorder. So I lost my period. My hair started to fall out. I started to grow hair on other parts of my body that's abnormal, like on my back and on my arms and on my face. I lost my memory. I was fainting periodically. I had to drop out of all of my dance classes. All my teachers were extremely worried, and I just didn't have the energy to do it. All of the things that I was looking for, love, happiness, success, slowly started to fade away. I lost all of it. In addition to those physical things that occurred to me, the stress that was put on my family was substantial. I can't deny that. What my mom and dad went through during that time, watching their daughter literally die in front of them, was traumatizing. And I had two younger sisters, both of whom looked up to me and both of whom were too young to process this experience that we were going through. But it wasn't my fault. I've come to accept that it wasn't my fault. We live in a really crazy society with huge standards on us. I have a lot of characteristics in my personality that are really beneficial in a lot of areas of life. But when I take them to the extreme, it can go too far and it can result in these types of things. After about six months, eight months, I finally agreed to go into the inpatient program at Women's Hospital in BC, where I received absolutely incredible care. But I'll never forget those first few days going there. They say that having an eating disorder and going into treatment is facing your biggest fear. So think for a moment about your biggest fear, whether that is losing a child I don't know, sitting in a pit of snakes, (laughs) whatever it is, think of that big fear that you have. For me at the time, my big fear was food. I was terrified of food. Eating the wrong food would set me off track for weeks. It would send my mind into a spiral. It would just bring about the worst anxiety possible. And so when I walked into that hospital and had to have that first meal, which I can distinctly remember to this day, it was a veggie burger with a white bun and one piece of iceberg lettuce. And then it had this little like thing of butter on the side. And I remember I had to spread the butter on the bun myself. The first meal that you have there, a nurse sits with you because they just want to monitor and make sure that you're okay as you eat everything before you're integrated into the group. And I remember being like, can you just put the butter on my bun? And she was like, no, Erin, like you have to learn how to do this yourself. And I just remember putting the butter, wiping it onto the bun, spreading it onto the bun and just sobbing, like sobbing uncontrollably, sobbing the entire time I ate this bun. It was like so dry in my mouth. I honestly can go right back there to that moment It was so traumatizing to me. And the reason I'm telling you this is so that you understand that when you have an eating disorder, these feelings are so real. The fear of food is so real. It has taken control of you and your body. It is no longer a choice. And I think so often we can 
think that somebody going through an eating disorder is being selfish or that they should just change or they should just eat a burger. But the reality is your mind is sick and you are not able to process what is right or wrong or appropriate or not appropriate or healthy or not healthy. So my body changed a lot during that time. My mindset changed a little bit, but most importantly, I was given back a foundation of health. I was given a platform so that I could enter the ring again, so that I could deal with some of the things that I needed to deal with, so that I could learn the tools that I needed to carry on in life as I continued. I'd love to say that I just left the hospital and skipped along and everything was great, but oh my God, no, no, no. I I entered into my 20s. And if you listen to Kylie Macbeth's podcast interview, we'll link to it in the show notes. My 20s felt so similar. It was a roller coaster. Oh my God. I was figuring out who I was, who my friends were, how to save money, what I wanted my style to look like, what my career path was going to be. And as somebody who kind of likes to know where they're going, it all felt really out of control and uncertain again. And so while I never fell back to that super unhealthy weight, my eating habits still weren't great. And I fell into a bit of a pattern of binge eating. So I would restrict my food during the day and then I would eat whatever I could get my hands on at night, like McFlurries, Bagels were a favorite. Sometimes I'd put like a frozen lasagna in and eat the whole thing to the point where I felt physically ill. I never ended up, you know, throwing anything up, but I would feel, I just, I can picture myself sitting on so many kitchen floors, whether it was like my apartment or my parents' house when they were away just disgusted with myself and in tears and thinking like tomorrow, like you're doing the gross grind, which is this insane hike in Vancouver. You're doing it twice and you're going to the gym and you're going to run for X amount of time. I was just in this vicious cycle of eating, repent and repeat. So eat and then stop eating and then repeat it all again, totally disconnected from what my body actually needed. If you go to our episode with Dr. Michelle May, we talk a lot about binge eating and she shares some really incredible tools to help you recognize this if this is something that you're struggling with and to help you move through it. So I would highly recommend if any of this is sounding familiar that you head on over to that episode because it is exhausting living like that. It is so exhausting. And the problem is, is that when you're in that state, you're constantly looking again to external sources to tell you how much you should be eating, to define your happiness, to tell you whether you're good or bad, and you're never going to find anything that you're looking for in that place. When I was about 23, I met a health coach. I didn't know anything about health coaching, but I met a health coach named Alicia Hall, and I talked to her a little bit about what she did and she said, you know, she explained, I don't do a ton of work in the past. We're not going to dig any of that stuff up. I help you define what you want your future to look like and then take the steps towards getting there. And for whatever reason, I just connected with this so deeply and instantly. I started working with her and have worked with her for years and years. Alicia really helped me get comfortable in my body. She helped me define 
what it was that I wanted to create in my life, what my values were. And then with her by my side, I started to take steps in creating that. I started Raw Beauty Talks. I built some really incredible relationships that took some hard conversations. I don't know if I could have gotten through without her there by my side. And slowly, as I took these steps towards creating this life that I was dreaming of, this life that I really wanted, those things that I was looking for, the joy and the love and the happiness started to bubble up. It started to pop up. And the more that I felt that, the more confidence I had in myself that I could create whatever I wanted out of my life. I think that having the eating disorder and the disordered eating broke me apart so substantially (laughs) that I had two options. I could continue to crumble or I could start to piece things back together. The incredible thing is that I can sit here today and I feel so disconnected and so far away from that version of Aaron. I can almost like laugh about the situation because it feels like such a different person than who I am today. I think that going through that experience broke me down so many times that I had this incredible opportunity to rebuild and to reshape myself into exactly the person that I wanted to be. Now, don't get me wrong. This journey is not over. There is still work to be done (laughs) and still stuff that I'm figuring out. But as I sit here right now in this moment and think about, you know, my amazing husband who is sitting at home and putting our kids to bed right now, probably reading them a story. And when I think about James and Brooklyn, and when I think about the relationship that I have with my parents and my sisters and this incredible group of friends that I have who are there (laughs) via phone, text, in person, with the wine, with the gift basket, whatever it is, uh, that just have my back. And then to know that beyond that is this insane, vibrant community of women who are all on a similar path. It just, that is what makes me emotional now. Like that's what gives me goosebumps. It's surreal to think this vision board that I created when I was probably 25, it's all happening. It's all unfolding right in front of my eyes. And while there's still so much that I want to do and so much that I want to create for myself, I have to stop and be grateful for everything that I have in my life at this point. I think one of the things that annoys me most is when I hear somebody say, once you have an eating disorder, you'll always have an eating disorder. And I completely disagree. I think that's total BS and can speak from experience. Nothing in your life is finite. You can create and become anything that you want in your life. Is it going to take work? Yes. (laughs) Are you going to need some help along the way? I definitely did. I think most of the people that I talk to on this podcast have people who help them out along the way as well. But it absolutely can be done. And I can sit here today with the biggest smile on my face, knowing that it's possible. And I think that knowing is what gives me the passion to do this work. It's what has me so fired up about it. I do not want a single woman out there to be living in that state that I was before. 
because it's not fully living. It's not. And I know that you can get to a better place. So I want to make sure you leave this episode with some tools. That's like my non-negotiable for any of these podcast episodes is that you leave with some tools that you can put into place in your own life and some inspiration so that you know that you can do it. We're going to cover all of that after this short break from our partners at Sage. I want to tell you about another health hack that I am crazy about right now, Sage's Peppermint Halo Headache Remedy. Peppermint Halo is a pocket-sized essential oil blend that relieves tension, headaches, and gives you a burst of energy. Roll it directly on the back of your neck and shoulders after a long day at your computer or when you're feeling a little stressed. Sage is offering 20% off all the products at sage.com. That's S-A-J-E.com using the code RAWBEAUTY20. They've got natural essential oil remedies, diffusers, and so many beautiful wellness products. You can also head over to rawbeauty.co slash sage to see how I use peppermint halo and other sage products in my life. Go check it out right now or click the link in our show notes after the show wraps up. All right, let's talk about tools. Tools are things that you can use in your life to help elevate it to the next level, to help you move through the barriers that you've created for yourself or that might seem like they're in your way. So the first tool that really helped me through my eating disorder and disordered eating is meditation and in particular, the body scan. I have recorded a body scan for you. It's uploaded onto our blog. We'll also include a link to it in our show notes so that you can use it at any time. Essentially, a body scan is going to help connect your mind and your body. You're going to scan through your body as you're lying down and just notice any physical sensations that come up or emotional sensations that come up. And rather than eating them away or exercising them away, you're just going to sit with them for a minute. You give them space in your body to be felt, to move through so that you can move on in a way that is healthy for you. I found body scans incredibly difficult when I started them. I could only do it for a like five seconds, you guys. I'm not even kidding you. I don't want to say I'm addicted (laughs) to meditating and body scans now. It's not the right word, but I need it. I need it in my life in order to feel centered. And it is a practice that has given me so much. I'm so excited. In a couple of weeks, we are releasing our first meditation package with the incredible Michelle Cambolis, who is a mind body researcher. She is the therapist. She is going to be sharing four beautiful meditations, including a body scan and self-love worksheet with you. So make sure that you're on our mailing list in order to get that. Again, head on over to the show notes so that you don't miss out on that. We're pricing it at an incredible price so that it will be accessible to everyone. Okay, tool number two, therapy. Therapy, and especially for me, coaching, therapy was pivotal in ensuring that I dealt with, managed anything that was in the past. Coaching is what really helped me create that vision for my future and then put tools in place to help me get there. So I think when you're dealing with some of these big roadblocks in life, that they are truly opportunities, but that often we need some help to get through them. So whether that is a friend, a coach, an Instagram page that you follow, somebody inspiring like Sarah Nicole or Jenna Kucher or Mick Sazon or Jessamine, you need other people 
to kind of help guide you along. It just expedites the program. We're trying to get from point A to point B. Why not talk to people who have been through this before? Step number three, this one's going to be a little controversial, but medication. So for me, medication's a tough one because there's so much stigma around it. And I know that any time that I've had to use it in my life, there's been two periods where I've had to go on medication for anxiety. I have felt intense, intense shame, intense indecision around it, like I was a failure. I mean, just so many awful feelings. And I always felt that I was giving up on my tools. I'm saying tools in quotation marks, like my meditation and the self-work and the hard conversations and all these things by taking medication. I thought that it would just numb me out and, you know, take the problems away. What I've learned is that some of us are built in a way where our chemical levels are different and our capacity to handle the world as it is right now just isn't the same as others. And so there are moments in life when things get really tough and where you might need a leg up so that you can actually show up to use the tools. So the two times I've taken medication, I've used it for about a year. And both those times, I was no longer able to get any benefit from things like meditation and exercise and affirmations. None of it was working anymore. I needed the medication to bring me up to a point where I could show up to actually do the work. So I'm somebody who believes that it's not medication or meditation, that it's a little bit of both. And while I would first and foremost recommend trying all the natural things of exercise and eating well and meditation, I don't think that there should be any judgment whatsoever around those who have to need to choose to use medication at some point in their life. And I hope that everybody who is in this community here comes from the same mindset and feels accepted no matter what choice you decide to use. Number four is intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is something that is talked about a lot. And if you are not able to intuitive eat, it sounds impossible. And like people are probably just faking this, but essentially it's being really in tune with your body, knowing when you're hungry, knowing when you're full and consciously making decisions about when you choose to eat. So for me, I generally eat when I'm hungry. And I generally stop when I'm full, but there are totally times where I'll be at a birthday party and I'll have that piece of cake or where, I don't know, Scott brings dessert home and I'm not really hungry and I eat it anyways. But I don't stress out about it. I don't restrict the next day because of it. I just jump back on the wagon of listening to my body. It's not stressful. You don't have to calorie count. Learning to intuitive eat is one of my favorite things to teach people because it is such a gift and it allows you to find that freedom in your body that you're looking for. It allows you to finally sink into yourself to find that calmness and to stop looking to external sources like this is the number of calories you should eat per day and this is what Canada Food Pyramid says you should have to look inwards and to figure out what really works for your body. Think of the trust that that builds and the connection that that builds with your body. It is so powerful. Number five, finding a supportive community of inspiring women. This is why I built Raw Beauty Talks because I wanted that community. I wanted to see women who were showing up every day, following their passions, or just 
not, they don't even have to be following their passions. They're just showing up the best that they can be doing the work in a real raw way. Find your community, whether it's here or on one of those other pages that I mentioned or out in your community and meeting people in person, whatever it is, find that community that you can connect with to talk about this kind of thing and to support you through life's ups and downs. Because Lord knows there are some ups and downs in life. Number six, find a purpose that is bigger than yourself. This one can take some time, and I know there are so many people out there who are struggling to find their purpose. So we're going to for sure do a podcast episode on this, or probably many over the years to come. For me, one of the pivotal things was starting Raw Beauty Talk, starting something that felt more important to me than the way that my body looks, something that would energize me and give me a reason to get up that was bigger than the size of my pants. And starting Raw Beauty Talks was truly a gift in helping me heal through this. So I really want to take a second to say thank you to you, to our community for joining in on this conversation and for showing up and for just being here and tuning in and listening. I cannot thank you enough because while I sometimes get messages from you saying that, you know, our work has helped you, you are really the ones who have helped me. I don't want to lie or sugarcoat things. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of people out there right now who are telling you that your appearance doesn't matter and to just go out there and own it and, you know, show up in your bathing suit. And I totally agree with that, except that I do think our appearance matters. It's shitty, but we live in a world right now and in a, in a society where there is a lot of value placed on the way we look. So much so that one in four women hate the way that they look. Women are waking up, little girls are waking up, questioning their worth because of the shape of their body. They're using valuable space in their mind, obsessing over it. We are filling up our lives, spending time on things that make us miserable. And I am over it. No, like I'm truly over it. <laughs> I'm over worrying about if I'm going to get wrinkles or if my post baby boobs are good enough. I've wasted too many hours of my youth already obsessing over this stuff. It's not worth our time. You know that Gandhi quote that says, be the change you want to see in the world? This is that moment where we have to step up and be the change that we want to see in the world because the world is putting too much value on the way that we look. And the only way that we can change it is by changing ourselves, that there is more to you than the size of your waist, than the weight on the scale. There's a podcast I love. The guy's name is Rich Roll. You should head on over. We'll link in the show notes again. Just head on over to the show notes. Everything is in our show notes. And he has this guest on the podcast named Zach Bush, who is this triple board certified physician and one of the most compelling medical minds I've ever heard. He has the life experience of witnessing people who are in cardiac arrest on a surgery table who have essentially died and who are being brought back to life. And he's had this life experience of getting to witness them being brought back to life and then recovery. And his interview, the very end of it, is beautiful, is the only word I can think to describe it. 
he speaks of the conversations that he has with people in recovery. And this is sort of the theme of what he found from all of these conversations. It was startling as, you know, I moved past my internship and started to be kind of senior resident in these environments and really responsible for being around these, these patients for hours after these experiences. They all told such a similar story on the other side of biologic life. And it had to do with a little bit of a, a, a typical story that you might see in the movies or something where they saw white light and there was a sense of expansion and all this. But there was one sentence that that came back again and again. And, and I had one ICU shift that was very weird. I, I had one ICU shift where I worked for 36 hours shift. And during that, that night in the middle of my 36-hour shift, I see three people die and I bring them all back with, with my team. And to the last one of those three, every single one of them, their first sentence was always, why did you bring me back? Which always kind of deflated my all wind. All of them said that? Yeah. They all wow. said, why did you bring me back? And and the variety was huge. One of these was an African-American pastor, had, had over 200 visitors in his ICU room in the days before he passed away. And the other one was, you know, this very isolated, kind of ostracized gentleman in his communities was dying of complications of AIDS. And then I had this kid who was who had genetic defects and all this stuff, and he was dying of complications of pneumonia because he couldn't breathe anymore because his skeleton had collapsed. So you just couldn't pick three different medical cases or three different human beings. Mm. And every one of them, first sentence, why'd you bring me back? And then as they start to get oriented, and in the in the hours that follow, they are telling their loved ones, I went into this space, and it was bright white light everywhere. And I, in that moment, felt completely accepted for the first time in my life. And that was an unexpected sentence to hear out of multiple accounts. I felt completely accepted for the first time in my life. So what do you make of that? I think we're all walking around lonely as hell. And our opportunity to rebirth, because death is not, a, not an end point. It's a transformation moment. It's an expansion beyond the limits of this frail biologic shell that we carry around. And the instant that we step out of that, we find out that the universe embraces us in every single second of our existence in complete acceptance of who we are. We are enough in and of our own identity of I am at every second of every point of our existence. As we pass over into the other side, there's a massive expansion of consciousness, awareness, and love. Most of the people I spoke to saw a bright white light. They felt a sense of expansion and felt completely accepted for the first time in their life. They felt completely accepted for the first time in their life. I want you to close your eyes for a moment and just think about how that would feel to be completely accepted right now as you are in this body that you have, with the face that you have, at the age that you are, with the money in your bank account, with the number of likes that you have on your Instagram page, to know that you are enough exactly as you are right now. Breathe that in for a moment. Let yourself feel that. Dr. Bush says, I think we're all walking around lonely as hell. Death is not an endpoint. It's an opportunity to step beyond this frail biological shell we are in. We are enough in every second of our existence. It's this belief that we have not got enough, that we are not enough, that leads to all of our suffering. What if we need a death moment to transform completely? 
So as you're listening to this, if you are going through a hard period of time, if you've had a hard conversation, if you're going through a breakup, if your body's not showing up for you in the way that you want it to show up, I ask you to consider whether this is your moment to transform completely, whether this is your living death moment where you get to rebuild, where you get to step up to the plate, where you get to show up in a different way, where you get to start taking that first step to building that life that you dream of because you are worth it. You are so, so worth it. If you just listened to this episode and you're thinking, oh my God, she sounds so much like me, or I'm struggling with my body and food and I'm not sure how to move forward, please make sure you subscribe to our mailing list so you don't miss out on some super exciting offerings we have coming your way this summer. We are relaunching our raw signature course, which gives you the tools direct coaching from me and a support group to help you end your negative relationship with food and your body so you can start living the life you want. I've basically taken the lessons I've learned over the last 15 years and condensed it into an eight-week program for you so that you get everything that you need and more. We are going to have so much fun. We're releasing the package at an exclusive price for subscribers and I have a spot saved for you. Seriously, head on over to rawbeauty.com co slash get dash started dash here to add your name to the wait list. Spots are going to go fast for this. Stop letting that negative voice hold you back and sign up today. Can't wait to see you there. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com listen or on your favorite podcast platform.